Good morning and welcome to worship on this third Sunday in Lent as we continue our wilderness wanderings during this season. I invite you to stand and face the baptismal font for a brief order of confession and forgiveness. should also make note a welcome to those of you who are worshiping with us for the first time or, or who are new to Eugene or to Central. We're glad that you're here with us. We also want to welcome those worshiping with us from home and our friends at the Springs. And I want to make note that Pastor Ben is um, not here today. He's got strep throat. He is recovering uh, but Holly is also sick and Iris, so please pray for the family uh, for renewed health. Let us begin with the confession. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the aid of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us now confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
Church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. The Old Testament reading for this third Sunday in Lent comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. God spoke all of these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, For the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For the six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord of your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The epistle reading for today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who was wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those of us who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than the human strength. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the singing of the acclamation. The Holy Gospel according to John, the second chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. Jesus told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to Jesus, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture 
and the word that Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. Please be seated, and I'm going to invite the children to uh, go with uh, our youth director, uh, collaborative ministry coordinator, Crystal Miller. Um, Children's choir, follow Crystal out to the chapel, and any other children worshiping with us today, you're welcome to go with Crystal. Crystal's going to lead you in a lesson that is from the Bible. I always enjoy having our children with us in worship to help lead and uh, look forward to having them serve in many ways during the worship service. Once the dust cleared, I imagine that the room went silent. You could probably hear a pin drop. The audacity, the arrogance. Who did this Jesus think he was? Certainly, Jesus must have known that the temple, this temple had been undergoing construction, renovations, long before his earthly existence under Joseph's watchful eye and Mary's ever-pondering heart. Even after it was destroyed and rebuilt centuries before, the temple in Jerusalem had been around far longer than Jesus had been on the earth. Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, this temple's been under construction for over 46 years and you're going to raise it in three years? In three days? But Jesus, we're told, wasn't it, speaking of a brick and mortar building, this massive structure of stone, a sacred place adorned with silver and gold, a gated temple with outer courtyards and wide open spaces where people gathered in grand porticos and marketplaces filled with sacrificial animals and corrupt money changers who preyed on the poorest of the poor. Jesus wasn't speaking of that temple. No, Jesus was speaking of the temple of his very own body. I find this terribly interesting for a couple of reasons. But I've been fixated on one aspect in particular. For centuries, people have gathered in spaces like ours to hear the word of God proclaimed. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We've proclaimed that Jesus died on the cross, was buried in a rough-hewn tomb, and after three days was raised from the dead. It's kind of at the heart of the gospel, the good news. Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried, and on the third day he was raised from the dead. But Jesus wasn't referring to stone walls. He was referring to the very heart and soul of our God in the flesh. The living, breathing, incarnate God. The Word made flesh 
who came to dwell among us full of grace and truth. In retrospect, the gospel writer even tells us the disciples remembered that Jesus had said this and they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus had spoken after he was raised from the dead. It's a little footnote in our gospel reading for today, but here's the thing. I can't help but think that there's more to this than meets the eye. After all, 46 years is a long time to be under construction. And I couldn't help but think of Central, of this sanctuary, the one we worship in. This sanctuary was dedicated 70 years ago, 1954 to be precise. Some of you weren't even born then. Others of you were surrounded by generations of blood relatives and your blood and sisters, your blood and spirit baptismal brothers and sisters. And back then, many of you who are still sitting here today, perhaps even in the very same pew, (laughs) perhaps you remember those days. The days when some of you were busy providing for your families while raising your own children during a time when churches like Central Lutheran were overflowing with young families and multiple generations worshiping together under one roof. Those who came of age in the 60s and 70s still, I'm sure, remember their earliest school Sunday school teachers, the men and women who, along with your parents and grandparents, godparents, aunts and uncles, friends and neighbors, passed on the faith to you. You may have both good and not-so-good memories of the obligatory confirmation classes you were made to attend, You may have fond memories of that cute little boy sitting across the row from you or that that young woman that was caught your attention. You may remember those summer youth trips to San Juan Islands or national youth gatherings in places like Minneapolis and those Sunday evening Luther League gatherings to bowl or roller skate with your church friends. Some of you may even recall those softball leagues you played in or the women's circles or or guilds that you were part of. Or you were among those women, or maybe your mothers were the women who whispered in their husband's ears and said, Honey, you need to go to the church on Saturday because there's work to be done. And those able-bodied men would come and gather and and they maintained the facility that we now call this church. They kept it in tip-top shape. In due time, some of you may remember that you found your life partner and you walked the aisle and were married at the foot of the steps here. You may remember raising your own children in the faith, the faith in which you were named and claimed by God in the waters of holy baptism. I know that because every time there's a memorial service or a funeral, especially for those who are pillars of this congregation, this faith community, I'm reminded of the generations who have passed through these doors, 
who have walked these aisles, this aisle, with hands outstretched to receive the body of Christ given for you, to drink from the cup of his blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. And frankly, at those gatherings, it's a privilege to be reminded of the generational families of this rich history that you've shared here at Central for over 120 years, if you count the the original bodies that merged together to, to become Central, to relocate from Pearl and 6th Street downtown to right here on 18th and Potter. That rich history, those 70 years since this church was first dedicated, have come and gone. New generations have joined us. New people have walked that aisle and stood before the congregation to say that they too want to be part of our community, as we will do in just a few short weeks on Palm Sunday. In fact, it's downright humbling to me to recall the sacrifices those generations before us made. And it's a privilege to be a a fly on the wall, if you will, listening while others reminisce with those who touched their lives in some small but significant way. To everyone who has ever made their way back after a time away and come here because they want to remember a brother or sister in Christ who has died. To all those who returned after significant absences, no matter the reason. To all those who were once connected to Central Lutheran Church and now find themselves in a faraway place or another faith community nearby. I give thanks for those who came before us. Just as I give thanks for all those who have joined in recent months or years. You see, if Jesus' body being raised up after three days was the end of the story, we wouldn't need to be here. But Christ said, you are my body. You now have a mission to carry on the ministry which I have shown you. You know that this world needs to hear this good news. You know that. We are blessed to be Christ's body. A living, breathing testimony to the faith which has been passed on or handed on to us. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Jesus was raised up. Indeed, he has been raised from the dead. And while he is no longer in the flesh, living and breathing among us today, he remains with us, just as he promised he would. Not only that, but Jesus has raised up, up us up to be his body. Jesus has created this community generation after generation after generation 
to be Christ's hands and feet for the sake of this world God so loves. And I am so glad. Amen.
church, let us confess our Christian faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life. Trusting in God's promise to reconcile all things, let us pray for the church, for all of creation, and for a world in need. You alone are God. We thank you for the gift of Sabbath rest. Awaken the church to the mystery of your presence and give us glad hearts as we receive the good news of your deliverance. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You renew creation. Drive out those who would make the earth a marketplace. Protect rainforests, mountaintops, oceans, and wilderness areas from exploitation. Unite citizens of all nations to faithfully steward the planet and all creatures, great and small. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. You judge the nations. We pray for an end to war and violence in every land. Strengthen international efforts to negotiate peace and provide humanitarian aid to people living in dire circumstances, unable to get adequate access to food, shelter, and health care. Lord, in your mercy. You bring healing and hope. We give thanks for physicians, nurses, researchers, therapists, and public health workers who care for those who are sick. We pray for any who are in need of healing, those who suffer from chronic pain, recovering from or facing surgery, dealing with life changes, especially those known to us in our community at Central. And so today we lift up before you Terry, Chap, Chuck Dietz, Gay and Dale Haverland, Morgan McCrory, Jody and Doug Martin, Gretchen and Jeff Seamus, Pastor Ben, Holly and Iris, and for Pastor Lori. For whom else do the people pray? For all these we have named and allowed, and for those who suffer in silence, in secret or in shame, we pray, Lord, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You bring life from death. We remember all of our loved ones who have died and now find their rest in you. May we trust that nothing will ever be able to separate them or us from your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Accompany us on our journey, God of grace, and receive the prayers of our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.
And now may the peace of Christ be with you always. And I invite you to stand and share the peace with those around you. Let's continue with a few of announcements of our life together. Just remind you that we continue our midweek worship on Tuesday evenings, soup supper at 5.15, and then following that, we'll stay in the parish hall. The adults will be in the parish hall at 6 o'clock for uh, some interactive worship experiences before moving into the sanctuary at 6.45 to conclude our worship with Holy Evening Prayer. And so I encourage you to come for those. you're able, and uh, on Tuesday nights, our regular programming for the children will continue as scheduled. So 6 to 6.45 is uh, children's choir rehearsal and music together for our young, young ones. And then uh, 6.45 to 7.15, our cantors rehearse, our junior cantors, that is. Thank you to Pastor Ray for filling in today and, and presiding over communion. Um, as you know, Pastor Ben, um, his home was struck throat and we want to pray for recovery because they're expecting a baby to come very soon and that family needs to get well so um, in light of that it's it's not a surprise but it is a planned baby shower or as some say a baby sprinkle since this is their second born um, on march 16th a saturday at 1 p.m you're invited to come and celebrate uh, their new arrival So in the meantime, pray mightily for good health to return to the whole family. Um, Some of you know that I underwent surgery earlier this week. I am doing fine. I just want you to continue with prayers, um, and I'll be on light duty this coming week. Uh, With those announcements, I just want to conclude with two. The Concordia College Choir is next Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. right here. They're from Moorhead, Minnesota. They're traveling the West Coast right now. And uh, we want to have a good turnout for that. If you haven't purchased tickets yet, please do so. You can do that online or call Christy in the church office. Um, All students of all ages are free. So the the cost of their trips uh, to do these concerts um, and touring in the springtime has dramatically increased for these college uh, choirs of ours. And since this is a church college of the ELCA, we want to support them, and and so there is a cost for the tickets. Um, they're twenty five dollars to thirty five dollars, 
you can self-select which one you want, um, but be sure to get a ticket and uh, support this uh, college choir. And finally, I want to mention that there is a, uh, for the first time since pre-COVID, there is a youth trip planned for this summer. It'll be a servant trip, and they're looking to raise a little bit of funding today. So in spite of that money changers in the marketplace thing you just heard, um, they're going to have a basket out. <laughs> but it's very different. We're supporting them to go on a mission trip, and I know that your generosity will spill over. With those announcements, we'll continue now with the meditation. Please stand for the offertory prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. 
Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You call your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast, that renewed in the gift of baptism, we may come to the fullness of your grace. And so, with all the choirs of angels, and the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed are you, O God of the universe. Your mercy is everlasting and your faithfulness endures from age to age. Praise to you for creating the heavens and the earth. Praise to you for saving the earth from the waters of the flood. Praise to you for bringing the Israelites safely through the sea. Praise to you for leading your people through the wilderness to the land of milk and honey. Praise to you for the words and deeds of Jesus, your anointed one. Praise to you for the death and resurrection of Christ. Praise to you for your spirit poured out on all nations. In the night in which our Savior was handed over to suffering and death, he took the bread, gave thanks to God, and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, 
Let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, There we go. Better? Better. Okay. So we receive intinction. We receive communion by intinction. You will receive the wafer and simply dip or, or uh, intinct the wafer into the cup. And we have both uh, wine and uh, uh, grape juice for, for communion today.
Christ given for you. Shall I see Jesus and raise with him above? And shall hear the constant sound in that microphone? Body of Christ given for you. The body of Christ given for you. And shall hear the body of Christ given for you. The body of Christ Christ given for you. The body of 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 Christ given for you. Amen. The body of Christ given for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace unto eternal life. Amen. Let us pray. Generous God, at this table we have tasted your immeasurable grace 
as grains of wheat are gathered into one bread. Now make us one loaf to feed the world. In the name of Jesus, the bread of life. Amen. Please stand. At this, at this time uh, in our service, on the first Sunday of the month, we do two things that are a little different than usual, one of which is to offer a prayer for our Eucharistic ministers. I know that we have consecrated the elements for Marla and Gary to go out on our behalf. We also have Gary and uh, Kelly Brown at the Springs serving communion on our behalf. Um, And so I want to offer this prayer for the Eucharistic ministers. Gracious God, whose mercy endures from generation to generation, as we have been fed and nourished at your table, So now bless those who go forth to share your word and sacrament with our sisters and brothers who are unable to be with us. In your love and care, nourish and strengthen those to whom we bring this communion, that through the body and blood of your Son, they may know the hope of your promised coming to us in Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The second thing I want to remind you is that after the service, you are welcome to go into the chapel with a prayer minister waiting for you if you'd like individual prayer. And so today I encourage you to do that. You'll see two of our youth are going on a a mission trip, and they're out in the narthex as well with Crystal. Um, Youth group meets today at 12 noon for 6th through 12th graders. And now receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.
after that black folder thing? Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Deborah. Deborah. 